Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. That was a weird start. I'm not used to this live thing yet. I Let's... I really just, I can't start over. So yeah, you can. I have Do to it. like. Start over. Start over. No, 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 we're not starting over. It's that too late a... for that. We have a that lot to talk a ter- about tonight. That was a terrible intro. You should start that, over. That's fine. People like terrible intros. They're funnier. <laughs> okay, whatever. Yeah. Um so, am, are we just going to jump right into it? Because am I crazy or are these first two episodes, by Walking Dead standards, really good? Oh, you are not crazy, sir. They are good. They are good indeed. So, I mean, it, it's almost like they still got the same tactical bullshit. Like, there's a lot of things mechanically that I did not like and I thought were kind of dumb. Like, and I'm surprised that it got out of – it didn't pass a laugh test in the writer's room. But they are hitting some nice character beats. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, they are building Michonne's backstory without even using dialogue. <laughs> that's Impressive. that's some next that's some next level shit for this show. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, we don't know everything that's there yet, but I'm pretty sure we can infer a lot from the scene where she breaks down crying with that baby no, that's, in her arms. I, I was actually I, I was impressed that they're doing what they're doing, right? But then there's a part of me like kind of arms crossed, like you know what. They're going to fucking have 30 seconds of exposition at the end of this thing about her, how she lost her newborn child or was ripped from her arms. They just can't help themselves. They can't let some dramatic tension. But they did, man. Yeah, I, and I, I think they will continue to do that with that character because that character has always kind of been like that. You know, she's been very reserved. She doesn't give away a lot of information. She's the perfect character to do that stuff with. Right. No, I mean the only thing that they've let kind of breathe that way was the the revelation that everyone's infected. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. so it's like I, I'm I'm really digging the confidence that they're having with the the uh character moments here. Um really, really impressed. Yeah, and I gotta say I'm really enjoying the stuff um this this uh idea that's kind of been building with Rick and Carl uh, as to why they won't be using guns, you know. I mean, I'm I'm certain that part of it was what happened last season, but I still think there's something that went down in these last few months that we haven't learned about yet that we're going to discover. Yeah. Um. So a couple other things I really like. I did I did like that, and I, I enjoyed the fact that uh, Rick, um, you know, that, that Carl told Rick. I think that was a significant moment for for him. And that Rick also is not going to tell or is kind of prevent Carol from going with her school mom, mom of iron routine. What do you think about Carol's character at this point? I'm really interested to see where Carol's character goes because I think what they're doing with that last scene uh, with Tyrese is not using this infection so much as like, you know, the basic thing that we think it is. Everybody could be infected by this thing and die at any moment. I think that will be there. But I think they're also setting up some sort of, like, moral uh, confrontation here between a set of Mm -hmm. characters like Tyrese and possibly Carol. I'm thinking maybe Carol is the one who is more afraid of this infection than everyone else is willing to go to the lengths of, you know, burning the bodies of the people who are infected uh, to take care of that. So I'm – if that's true, uh, that would really be a change in Carol's character, I think. Um even if it isn't, I'm really interested to see where they go with that idea. 
I don't think it's Carol. I don't think there's there's some timing. I hope it's not Carol because I think there's some timing problems. I don't see how she could have done that with you know all you know being with the girls and doing all that stuff. I think it's going to be Sasha. Sasha. All right. Yeah. Because uh, Tyrese is going to be primed to go plow on whoever did it, and it's going to be his uh, little big sister, and yeah. she's going to bring him up short. That's my <laughs> official prediction. All right. That would be a good uh, conflict of interest there. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I Also, what do you think about Daryl showing a, a little bit of cracks? Cracks how? I just thought when um, I think it was who who asked him if he was okay was it Carol or was it Beth? Um, and he he kind of like he kind of like looked genuinely shell shocked and then he got it together and said gotta be. Um, yeah, well, I mean they were they were asking about the infection, right? No, I think they're talking about. I think they're talking about. Well, I took it as be like, how are you holding up with all these losses yet again? You know, and oh, I and I thought it was interesting that they're going into. You know, Daryl's been a person that's not ever let himself care about anyone, right? Mm-hmm. And now he's thrust in the leadership position where he's been entrusted with the care of all these people. And I don't know that he has developed that particular emotional muscle. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So, yeah. I, uh, he's he's a character who I would definitely want to see more of. Um, and they hinted that they might be giving us more of that uh, last episode. So that sounds good. What uh, other praise praiseworthy things do we have? Because I've got to unleash. Uh, I got to get some <laughs> things off my chest too. Um. So it felt like a very tense episode. Yeah, uh, and I, I liked that a lot. I, I I really go in for this horror stuff when they do it. Because they actually do it really well. Um, and having watched the past weekend full of AMC's Fear Fest and seeing it done not so well on a lot of occasions, uh, I appreciate how well they're doing it. Because mm-hmm. uh, the tension here with the zombies coming through the fence and uh, the you know the walkers in the prison uh, biting people's jugulars out, it was very tense throughout the entire episode. Yeah, I thought um, I, I mentioned on the Facebook thread. It's like they're using old school horror tropes to build tension, and it's actually working. Like I, you know, and again, I'm kind of a horror neophyte slash wuss. Um, I'm not I'm not quite inured to it yet, but I think that um, like I, I was really on pins and needles watching Tyrese's girlfriend, whose name escapes me, walk around in the in the teaser. You know, with a shaky flashlight, and she's all alone in this, in, uh, you know, deserted prison. And then when Patrick gets up and starts shambling around, it's like, who's going to get it? Um, yeah, it's awful convenient for Patrick that uh, the dude that he ripped the throat out of couldn't even manage so much as a scream. And <laughs> and and you'd think the people, you'd think the people in the prison uh, would be much lighter sleepers than they are. Uh. Yeah, before we get into that, because all right, we're still we're still in we're still in praise mode because I was about to shift into hate. (laughs) Yeah, don't don't shift into hate yet. Um, All right, down shifting back into praiseworthy. Because speaking of being kind of subtle and letting moments just linger, the very opening scene feeding that rat or that mouse or whatever to the zombies, they could have easily shown the person behind the flashlight and just you know gave all the information that we needed as an audience to completely understand who that was but we already knew it right they didn't yeah. need to do that so i'm glad that they just 
hinted at it and let us all assume this is what happened. Yeah, this I'm is thinking, who it was. I'm not sure who it is yet. I'm not sure if it's the oldest or the youngest, but one of those two girls is crazy. Oh, it's the oldest for sure. No, I I think the youngest might be the one that is is is, is crazy. I, I I don't know. It's like I, I I but it's certainly one of them. I think that the oldest is the obvious choice, which is why I'm going with the youngest. I hmm, okay, so. I don't know because I I don't want them to bother with that in the next few episodes. I don't I don't care about that anymore, right? I mean, it is an issue that somebody was feeding them, but I think there's enough information there with the girl naming them and the girl being so upset uh, about the zombies being killed, and I just don't think. Here's why any I way think it's a young it's girl. Here's why I think yeah. it's a young girl. Um, the gross motor skill of the drawing that whoever made of the hank i think it was hank zombie um mm-hmm. was, was more to the nick the nick zombie was more to the little girl's level than the older one all right sure i just think that that picture was more of an and where you're drawing pictures of like your zombie family and naming them i i feel like that's the type of little kid thing that that they would go out and try to feed them although that's just i'm Again, some, whoever's doing that is is, is uh, got a screw loose because I'm just trying to think of a normal little kid approaching these scary monsters at night with an <laughs> animal and letting it bite the animal's head off. And what normal kid would do that? Yeah, I I don't see any normal kid. Uh, I mean, I had I just had having some, the stones to do it. You know, I had some fairly psychopathic cousins, but I don't think any of them would feed. Zombie, zombies, uh, rat head through a chain link fence at at midnight, no less. Yes, yeah. And, and so I don't know. The other question is: it goes back to season two with Carl. Who the hell is watching these kids? Like, why wasn't her da- her dad at least watching her? Like, why weren't they all sleeping in this? Okay, let's go go into full rip mode here. Okay, because <laughs> just, you've you've shifted up a gear. All right, I like. I'm, I'm sorry, I have to because now <laughs> we have to talk about. Why her father is not watching her, and why these cell doors are open in the first place. Why are these people leaving doors open when they know that anyone is infected and anyone could die at any moment for any reason? Yeah, that's a problem because I feel like that if you had a a five-man committee of reasonably intelligent people, somebody would have mentioned that possibility before now. Yeah. But... I'm trying to swallow it and just go with it and see what they do as a response because it seems like there's a fairly, you know, posting night guards, locking people in their cells with something. I mean, even if they just did something stupid like a care binner or biner or whatever. Yeah, uh, something a human can undo but a zombie can't. Just like they did in the pilot of uh, last season where, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like you can throw something like that up and and a zombie is going to be completely confounded but a human can easily work it. And you combine that with a night guard, this shit just doesn't happen. So I'm, I'm going to allow it if it's if the response is we get to see some of these policies put in place. Because again, I get off personally on seeing them, you know, seeing post-apocalyptic society form and operate, yeah. and and what kind of rules they adopt, and what kind of, and what kind of like you know, I think it's like a hundred years in the future if you're living in a zombie apocalypse. What kind of like burial customs would you have? Mm-hmm. You know, instead of like throwing the first, instead of a family member throwing the first, 
load of dirt on a coffin? Do you actually have a family member loading the first bullet into the chamber? <laughs> and then all the loved ones take turns putting rounds into the loved one's head so they don't come back? <laughs> it's like a ritual. That, you know, like see, a ri- Yeah, totally seems reasonable. Totally. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I am going to say... So I, I think it might be interesting if okay. So first of all, this is probably the first time this has ever happened to them, right? Considering the fact that they they hadn't even thought about it. God, I hope so because if not, these people are too stupid to live. Yes, absolutely. Um, and also, these people are from Woodbury. They are used to a certain level of security, a certain level of like they have guards on watch at all times. So you got to think the people who came into this prison are not as on edge as Rick and his group are, having just been attacked, you know? And, in fact, maybe they're more on edge about jackbooted thuggery of people, you know, armed guards pr- patrolling the perimeters and all that stuff. I I mean, yeah. that is a possibility. And their kind of figurehead looks like he's completely renounced all courses of violence. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely want to see them respond to this. What did you think of it, – it seems like – uh, the way they did the fence gambit, that the easy solution would be to send people to another part of the fence and make you know make racket that way. And also, why slaughter all those pigs? Why not just have Rick shake his juicy uh, human ass out the back of that truck and Pied Piper them away? Because that was working. That was working. They could have. Uh, yeah. They could have uh, driven them for as long as they needed to, you know, a good quarter mile, half mile, uh, and to another part of the fence or whatever, um, or just drive and make a lap around the prison um, and, and give the people time to reinforce the fence. I mean, it's stuff like that where I feel like it kind of is like they staged a the shot of the premiere of season two. It's like they just didn't give a lot of thought to, you know what, as we're looking at this set here, this looks like there's an obvious solution. And instead of just pretending like there isn't one and maybe reworking it, they just were like, yeah, whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, so I think that there's more to that scene than just leading the zombies away. I think the Rick's reaction to slaughtering these pigs means something. I'm going to have to take a second look at the episode. Yeah, uh, no, no. To figure he, it out. I was about to say that the character moment of him, like, you know, he, him killing those pigs was the death of Farmer Rick. Um, and then the reemergence of the Sheriff Rick, right? Yeah, and, and it was a little bacon gauntlet about, you know, burning his clothes and rising from the ashes and blood, rebirth, rebirth and blood, all that kind of stuff. But it was well-performed and, and uh, you know, um, I'm, I'm still kind of giving them some training wheel benefit. Uh, the doubt here but again that seemed like and and i guess the other thing is maybe they thought the pigs were all infected or that's the initial infection vector so clearly they needed to get rid of them and they they even went to burning the facility down um so they're taking that threat seriously um but yeah, yeah that's that's know. probably a reasonable thought uh on that idea uh, Steve G posted uh Gimple just got a call from PETA that'll do pig <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, Greg Nicotero, apparently, unless they literally... I'm, I'm pretty sure that was a prosthetic pig. Um, but the stuff they can do... Like, I was joking on Facebook that if this keeps up, you're going to have to start giving Zombie Kill of the Week to inanimate objects. Like, I yeah. argued last week, Zombie Kill of the Week should have gone to gravity. This week, I think it should have gone to chain link fence for sh- popping that zombie's eyeball out as the, the pressure <laughs> of the zombies pushed against the fence. 
Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. I don't know that popping a zombie's eye out kills it though. Is the issue? Well, but his whole so. head was cold. That's why it was. That's why it was crushing. His whole head was being split open. Oh well, his jaw was still doing the yah 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 sort of thing. So well, yeah, I'm just saying it's a work know. in progress. Did you see <laughs> work in progress? All right, it was. Did you did you see the zombie MythBusters last week? I didn't. No. They. It was awesome, and it. For one thing. It is really plausible that several hundred zombies can batter down damn near any uh, gate or whatever that you would put in front of them. Like I to- like I was always a little skeptical about how easy that would be, but they did that with like a, uh, a like a hundred zombie horde, and they did two f- test fortifications, and they came through it like they didn't even break stride. <laughs> like 150 people walking together. It's just an awesome amount of uh, uh, force. I think they calculated it was like five or 6,000 pounds being exerted on the, the fortification. Damn. And to the such, they actually, they actually had to take the zombie actors and encase their chest in some kind of corrugated pipe to keep some, you know, their ribs from being uh, crushed and collapsed, <laughs> which, of course, real zombies wouldn't have to worry about. But uh, it was definitely, if you're a zombie fan, um, they, they t- tested, a lot of, tested a lot of zombie myths there. Um, cool. Uh, what else do we want to talk about? Anything else? I I need to definitely watch this a second time to uh, figure out all the little nuances of it. But yeah, honestly, if I had to pick, I would rather them get the character moments better and still be kind of slipshod on the exact mechanics of some of their plots than the other way around. Than um, you know, or in years past where they were just miss, missing on all cylinders. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's about it for the podcast then, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, all right, you want to do a I little think we outro? Talked, yeah, I think, I'm trying to think if we left anything else. I think we got all the main, addressed all the main mysteries. And yeah, anyway, uh, enough navel-gazing. Yeah, if you want to send us email, you can do so uh, to get your feedback considered at the, or at watchingdead at baldmove.com. I was going to throw the in there. Watchingdead at baldmove.com. You can follow along on our live threads. Uh, on Facebook.com slash bald move and Jim's doing the live tweeting at bald move on Twitter. Um, our Kickstarter concluded successfully. Uh, we are a little bit short of the survival review goal, but we made a little bit of extra money on the uh, breaking bad Kickstarter that didn't really go anywhere because it was well short of the next goal. So I think I'm going to roll that money over and consider it good. And go ahead and do some survival goals uh, or survival reviews. Those come out on Friday morning. Obviously, I was too late uh, for this week. I'm going to catch up sometime probably Tuesday or Wednesday with last week's survival review and then have this week's survival review ready for lunchtime on on Friday as normal and then the rest of the season. And, boy, I've got some ammunition. So it should be entertaining. Cool. That's it, then. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we will see you Tuesday for the full-length cast with hopefully some uh, more well-thought-out ideas and opinions on the episode. And until then, I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. See you guys in a couple days. Bye.